Oh, folks, welcome to Are You a Fam, presented by Moonbound Productions. If you like the episode, give us a like, follow, and share. And uh, yeah, stick around and see what's going on. So, question, Joker. What's up? If, uh, if you could obtain the power of any god, like get their full set of powers in that, what god you picking? I don't want to be balder. Balder? Not being able to really be killed by anything. Uh, that'd be kind of nice. <laughs> give me some, give me some uh, mistletoe brass knuckles. <laughs> yeah, see, that's the only thing I have to worry about is the people that know the mythology. Yeah. <laughs> Otherwise, nope, I'm good. Hmm. I think I would go with if we're if we're going nor if we're going Nordic. Uh, who's the one that resurrects every the sun god? Well, I can't remember his name. Oh, I know what you're talking about. Come on, you're the one I rely on for that. Okay, let's go coyote. Fire, drinking, constantly know know how to get anywhere I want. Yeah, I like that. <laughs> okay, folks, that brings us into this week's episode, Thor Odinson. Uh, let's get into it, starting with real world. So the Marvel Comics superhero Thor debuted in the science fiction fantasy anthology title Journey into Mystery, number 83. Cover date, August 1962. Hey, he's an August baby, too. So he was also created by editor-plotter Stan Lee, scripter Larry Lieber, and penciler-plotter Jack Kirby. Now, just another one that Kirby and Lee did together. Yep. There's a lot of those I've started to find. So, a different version of the mythology, Thor had appeared previously in Venus, issue number 12 to 13, February, April, 1951. So, Lee in 2002 described Thor's genesis early in the Marvel pantheon, following the creation of the Hulk. Now, I'm quoting, how do you make someone stronger than the strongest person? It finally came to me, don't make him human, make him a god. I decided readers were already pretty familiar with the Greek and Roman gods, it might be fun to delve into the North God, into the old Norse legends. Besides, I picture Norse gods looking like Vikings of old, with the flowing beards, horned helmets, and battle clubs. So, I mean, that's kind of how we depicted them ourselves. So. Yeah. Then we come to find out that the horned helmet thing was never really even a thing. <laughs> right. Uh, but, you know, we digress. So, Lee would continue a Journey into Mystery... Uh, would continue. Journey into mystery needed a shot in the in the arm, so I picked Thor to headline the book. After writing an outline depicting the story and the character I had in mind, I asked my brother Larry to write a script because I didn't have time, and it was only natural for me to assign the penciling to Jack Kirby. So even with as much animosity, they all at least know each other's skill levels and respect each other. Oh yeah, we brought that up a lot in these episodes like they may not always like each other or agree with each other but they know what they're all capable of yep so in 1984 interview with uh, Kirby he would say quote unquote I did, I did a version of Thor for DC in the 50s before I did him for Marvel I created Thor at Marvel because I was forever enamored of legends uh, which is why I knew about Balder, Heimdall and Odin I tried to update Thor and put him into a superhero costume but he was still Thor okay which I mean, you know, going with the comics and stuff and that, yeah, that doesn't hurt to do a, like an update version of that. However, oh, yeah. completely altered 
people's view on what Thor actually is supposed to look like. Yeah, he's a redhead, not blonde. He's, he's got. Little, he's not quite as fit as Thor. I mean, guy can't see his toes. <laughs> right. If we're being honest, he eats whales for for lunch. Well, when you got a goat that you know, revise every day, you have free food. You have a goat for a day. Yeah. Yeah. You got thing. one. You got one of the trauma of that goat, though. I would hope he doesn't remember what's going on. You would hope, but you know, <laughs> magic's never exactly nice, <laughs> right? Okay, so in um, in 1992 interview, Kirby said, "I knew I knew the Thor legend very well, but I wanted to modernize it. I felt that might be a new thing for comics, taking the old legends and modernizing them. Which they, I feel as though with Thor, that definitely started a trend of that." Oh, yeah, definitely. It was definitely, I feel like the Norse were kind of the ones that paved the way for all the other deities and myth- mythoses that made it really into comics. comics. And definitely definitely brought, like, it definitely made it easier, I will say that. Especially for some of the quieter ones, like the Egyptian and things like that. Oh, yeah. Because, like, you have the Greek and Roman with Wonder Woman. Yep. So like that was easy, but for all the other ones that came behind them, it was kind of like, uh, does anybody even want to hear about them? And then they brought in Thor, and it's like, no, they wanna. Yep. And then we get Moon Knight. Heck yeah. So Lee and Kirby would include Thor in the Avengers number one, uh, September of 1963, as a founding member of the superhero team. The character has since appeared in every subsequent volume of the series. Which that's kind of cool. That's impressive because I feel like even for like DC with the. The Justice League, I feel like a lot of their founding members haven't been in some of their comics. Yeah, yeah, it definitely does. Uh, the roster in, the, in there kind of gets switched up quite a bit. So, uh, okay, well, that's uh, what we got for real world. Let's go in-universe and see what's going on. So Thor is the blood son of Odin, all father of the Asgardians. And uh, Yord, who, uh, Yor, who was also known as Gaia. The Earth Goddess, who was one of the Elder Gods. So yeah, Thor's mom is, that ra- helped raise him. One his mom. <laughs> oh yeah, and even if I remember correctly, even in like the actual North Legends, that's still true. Really? Yeah. Huh. I, I'm gonna be honest with you. I know nothing of that, so that's kind of cool to find out. Because <laughs> I want to say it's similar where it, his mom ne- wasn't necessarily like his actual birth mom, but the, she still raised him because he was she was the queen. Okay. So Odin claimed that he sought to father a son whose power would derive from both Asgard and Midgard. So, you know, good way if you're going to have him be the god and the protector of a place. Yeah. Have, have power his blood come from there. Yeah, not bad, especially coming from a god, like, the literal earth goddess. Yeah. And that, like, an elder, an eldritch god, basically. And you kind of give him a good leg up. Oh, so Odin brought him to Asgard to be raised. Odin's wife, the goddess Freya, acted as Thor's mother from that time onward. And far and for many years Thor believed her to be his birth mother. I mean, you know, how do you drop that bombshell on a kid? Right. Especially like, one that could probably wreck you. Right? It's just one of those like, yeah, no, son, uh, see, I wanted to be all powerful, and you were my ticket to that. And uh yeah. So some Guardians of the Galaxy uh, thought process coming up here, right? <laughs> it's like you are a weapon, son. <laughs> so not until many centuries later would uh, did Thor learn the alleged truth of the Yord was his birth mother. 
though the Phoenix has asserted that Odin had lied about Thor's parentage and that it was his birth mother through fire hair, an ancient human mutant and avatar of the Phoenix Force, claiming that Gaia was a lie to ensure that Thor would dedicate himself to protecting the Earth. Huh. Uh, I remember doing the research on this, and it seemed to be very back and forth on who his mother really is, and a it, lot of deceit. One of those the writers can't even decide Exactly. That's what it felt like reading this. Ah, that always... That's always annoying. That's probably, uh, I'd say, one of my most irritating things when doing the research for these. And that is when the writers themselves can't decide on the continuity. And it's not even like it's a mystery type thing. No, no, they actively are changing the yep. answer. <laughs> and it's what it feels like when I read the research and was doing my own. Like, this just doesn't feel like they knew what they were doing when they started. Probably not. Definitely not. <laughs> Uh, Thor's father, Odin, decided his son needed to be taught humility and con consequently incarcerates Thor without memories of godhood on Earth as a mortal, partially disabled human medical student Donald Blake. So, like, not just a human. It's like, it's like no, we're going we're gonna to really humble you. Well, I feel like, especially being Thor, being one of the strongest and most fit Norse gods, I feel like you had to do that to really bring him down a notch yeah like teach him some teach him some humility yeah fair fair i do find it funny like the memory wiping thing that one is kind of weird i kind of feel like it's uh which we will get into when he gets his memories back i feel like it's just more of a because with if he still had his memories he probably wouldn't take it seriously and would constantly be trying to get back that would make sense hate yeah it. instead of living his life being humbled being a humble person and then getting his memories back and having all of that life memory with being humbled that would make sense that's my guess <laughs> that's a good one though so after becoming a doctor blake witnesses the arrival of alien scouting party while he is on vacation in norway uh blake flees from the aliens into a cave after discovering thor's hammer mjolnir uh, disguised as a walking stick and striking against a rock he transformed into the thunder god hey oh <laughs> <clears throat> okay yeah that's a hell that's a heck of a way to get your powers back so uh blake uh, blake is later revealed to have always been thor odin's enchantment having caused him to forget his history as the thunder god and believe himself mortal which we did go over in that but uh the whole Blake and Thor thing gets real weird at certain points. Oh, yeah, especially once he realizes he's both. Yeah. Like, it's uh, it's an, odd, it's an odd concept because at some point, Blake, I think, becomes sentient or something and becomes, like, his own person. I think he does eventually. Like, they separate somehow. Yeah. Like, in the newer comics, they ignore that. They kind of ignore that it happened. I mean, they kind of ignore that Blake was a thing. Yeah, they're just like, they're like, you know what? No. Thor's just always been Thor. <laughs> yep. So after defeating the invading aliens, Thor would share a double life with his alter ego, treating the ill in a, pri in a private practice with nurse and eventual love, Jane Foster, and defending humanity from evil. Ooh, and enter the love interest. So Thor's presence on Earth almost immediately attracts the attention of his adoptive brother and enemy, Loki. Of course. You know, you can't have Thor without Loki. It's like you can't have dark without light. <laughs> right? Oh, man. Let's get into it. So, amusingly, on one occasion, Loki's tactics were accidentally beneficial. <laughs> Although successful in using an, an illusion of the Hulk to draw Thor into battle, 
It results in the formation of the superhero team, the Avengers, of which Thor and Hulk, alongside Ant-Man, the Wasp, Iron Man, would be founding members. Because, you know, that would be Loki's luck, where he tries to do something, thinking he's going to do something different, and he ends up screwing up and making the team of the Earth's Mightiest Heroes. I mean, yeah. Also, you got to wonder if he has ever told that story to anybody. Oh, probably not. I wouldn't. And that fight, like all my villain buddies finding out that I'm the reason we keep getting our uh, our butts handed to us. Right. Yeah, we're keeping, real, we're keeping that story real quiet. So I did find that amu- uh, interesting, though, because I didn't know Ant-Man and Wasp were a part of the founding group. Oh, yeah, yeah. Which is uh, kind of like, yeah, not a lot of people do know that, so n- not surprised. Okay. Falling in love with Jane Foster, Thor would disobey his father and refuse to return to Asgard, an act of which he is punished on several occasions. Man, Odin is like... Odin's kind of a Richard, man, like about like this whole thing. Like, he's been a real Richard. Oh, yeah. As we definitely go into it a little bit more on a future episode, but I think a lot of it is just because she was mortal and not a god. Oh, completely. And like, no, we don't allow Which intermingling. God, oh, completely. <laughs> Gods are weirdly, really weird about that. In fact, in um, there's a alternate u- universe where uh, Wolverine and Hercules become a couple, and Zeus banishes them because uh, Hercules is being with a mortal. Interesting. Granted, an immortal mortal, <laughs> but a mortal. <laughs> right. Immortal, mortal, mortal, mortal. Tongue, tongue twist that. <laughs> So on later adventures, um, speaking of Hercules, Thor would encounter him, uh, and they would become loyal and trustworthy friends. Thor would save Hercules from fellow Olympian Pluto and stop the advance of Ego, the living planet. Speaking of Guardians of the Galaxy. Hey, there we go. (laughs) Full circle. So Odin finally relents and allows Thor to love Jane Foster on the provision that she pass a trial. After Foster fails the test, Odin returns her to Earth, where she is given another chance at love, well, a heartbroken Thor is introduced to the Asgardian warrior Sif. <laughs> I just feel like, I just banished your girlfriend. It's like, I would like to introduce you to our floor model. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> Which, Sif is actually his real uh, wife in mythology. I think I remember you told me about that. Which is kind of cool. And uh, uh, It's always been kind of the hard thing to watch these Thor movies, knowing mythology. It's like, no, like half of this is wrong. I will tell you that's what I liked about Moon Knight is the mythology. They kept the original, but they're like, things have happened since. Yeah. That that, that was, I think, a smart move on their part. Being that like, really was. Being like, we're going to keep the original mythology exactly the same, but we're going to say since Egypt fell, things have gone down. <laughs> I feel like they took advantage of knowing the aftermath of doing the Norse gods and their stories. It's like... We're not going to change it up as much this time around. Which was smart. I wish they had done that with this one, but you know, we 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 we're willing to take what we can get. <laughs> okay, so let's get into powers and abilities. Okay, powers. Uh, superhuman strength. I believe that is fairly obvious. He is physically the strongest of the Asgardian gods and can lift a hundred tons, but is believed to be stronger. He has superhuman speed. Thor can move significantly faster than any human on foot and can reach up to Mach 32 when throwing Mjolnir. Dang. Yes, yeah, so that's, you know, <laughs> he's, he's a fast boy. <laughs> yeah. Talk about breaking the sound barriers. 
Okay, he has superhuman stamina, superhuman durability, and agility and reflexes. Okay. He has vast energy manipulation. Thor has the ability to manipulate vast amounts of energy using Mjolnir. He can channel the storm's energy into blasts so powerful that he can destroy secondary adamantium. Thor can also channel his godly energy through Mjolnir, creating rays powerful enough to kill even immortals. Then you're so, not an immortal, I was just about to say, not very immortal if you can die. Right? Immortality got a heck of a lot shorter, guys. <laughs> I'd say, if I was him, I'd say that every time. <laughs> so he also has weather control. I think that comes with, you know, God of Thunder. Uh, Thor has the ability to control the elements of storms both with and without Mjolnir, but can only control natural weather, not artificial, which I is weirdly is actually a pretty important distinction, I feel. It really is, especially in the world of comics. Yeah, because there's... Be amazed how many machines are designed to create artificial weather. This makes me think of, like, the turtles. <laughs> and, like, some of their cartoons and movies and stuff. We're like, oh, it's an artificial storm. What? Yeah, right. <laughs> okay, so he has superhuman longevity. So, is it... Uh, so, superhuman longevity is a common misconception that Thor and other gods of Asgard are truly immortal. They do age, but a rate so slow that to other beings they give the appearance of immortality. This is in turn enhanced by the golden apples of Eden. Which actually, in the real mythology, I think that isn't that thing. Yeah, and that, that's, that's one of the things that kind of brought over is, yeah, they're, they age so slowly they seem immortal to us. Yep. But yeah, because of the apples of Eden, they... they last longer than Su they should. Like, it's a pseudo-immortality. Pretty much, yeah. That was, yeah. No, pretty interesting. So, okay, we got invulnerability. Being a god whose heritage is both half-Asgardian and half-elder half god, maybe, uh, <laughs> Thor's virtually invulnerable to and immune to any such human ailments as diseases, toxins, poisons, highly resistant to most uh, conventional injuries. He has also shown immunity to lead and radiation poisoning, and he has an immunity to extreme heat and sub-zero temperatures. So that must be how he survived that uh, star that he turned the forge back on with. That's got to be. That's got to <laughs> be because, oh, my God. Which, honestly, also makes sense in the cartoons. Anytime like, he walks into like radiated or gamma-radiated areas, he never wears a suit. He's just like, yeah. I'm fine. <laughs> At least we have a reason for that. Right? Okay. Uh, superhuman, uh, superhuman dense tissue. Like all Asgardians, Thor's skin's skin, muscles, and bones are about three times denser than uh, similar human tissue, contributing to his super strength and weight. Yeah, actually, think about that. He'd weigh a ton. Oh, yeah. At least a ton. <laughs> it's one of those I'd never let in my car. Be like, oh, God, get no. out and fly, man. And then right, I'll meet you there. You are eating up all my gas mileage, and my suspension is shot. <laughs> you my gas mileage, and we didn't even make it a mile. Right. So superhuman senses, uh, he has the uh, senses allow him to see objects as far out as the edge of the solar system. My God. Uh, allow him to track objects traveling faster than light. And hear cries from the other side of the planet. That one makes the most sense. Because I'm just like, I'm like, how do you stop some? If the light hasn't even reached you, you wouldn't even know it's there. Comics, man. That's, that's one of my big arguments with the Superman thing, too. It's like, 
Wait, wait, you tell me that how's the light that goes into his eyes faster than the actual light? <laughs> right. So, okay, let's get into some of his other stuff. Rapid healing factor, uh, super breath. He can use his breath to create hurricane force winds. <laughs> okay. Uh, fi- fighter, Thor has shown the ability of, uh, oh, yeah, flight. He can fly and uh, levitate with his hammer. Uh, all speed. That's, that's without his hammer. Oh, without his hammer. That's impressive. That's even Which more. I didn't even know about either until yeah. I looked this up. I thought he needed the hammer. Okay. So all speak, which I think is his coolest ability personally. Uh, he can he talks with the all tongue. Thanks to all speak, Thor can communicate in all of the languages of the ten realms, Earth's dialects, and various alien languages. Basically, yeah. what's coming out of his mouth, and that if me and somebody else who spoke who uh, was raised with a different language, we would both hear our language and understand him. And, that, and he would un- be able to understand us. Which is really cool, but also feels like it's cheating. Oh, completely. <laughs> <laughs> but honestly, honestly, if I had to pick an ability to get from him. Oh, yeah. That's the all one speak. I... Yeah. Oh, all speak, 100%. Okay, uh, cosmic, uh, cosmic pyrokinesis. Owing to his relationship to the Phoenix, uh, Thor is capable of generating cosmic flames that he can wield in a manner similar to his usual lightning. That's pretty cool. We gotta do it. We gotta do an episode of the Phoenix Force one of these days. Definitely. Okay, abilities: Master Combatant, Expert Strategist, Telepathy Immunity, which in the Marvel verse very useful. You remember we talked about that with another uh, hero that we did before, and it's oddly useful. Yeah, it's it's especially weird. in Marvel. Oh yeah, it's one of those powers where you're like, I mean, how useful is that? Then you find out how many psychics actually exist, and you're like, oh, that puts you like that makes you a god amongst men, basically. Pretty much. Uh, above normal intelligence, he uh, Thor has the above normal intelligence and also possesses and retains medical knowledge of Donald Blake, even as Thor. That's cool. That, that is knowing that because usually a lot of times when people transform like that, you lose the memory of the other. Yeah. So it's cool that that something does get retained. That's pretty odd. I actually did did like that finding that out. Uh, diplomatic immunity, which I know doesn't sound like a power in that, but uh, it's it's a huge one. So Thor uses Mjolnir to recreate Asgard on Earth in Oklahoma. At this time, Iron Man was head of Shield and confronted him about it uh this brings asgard into the u.s territory after thor beat down iron man stark suggested that asgard be treated as a foreign embassy and with his uh, citizens full diplomatic privileges to which thor agreed yeah i love that he makes a suggestion after he was butt whooped oh yeah and i remember that comic it was not just like he literally at one point grabs tony rips the face mask off is like it's like if your u.s tries anything i will remind them the difference between a god and a man in a tin suit yep i remember seeing uh like the panels of that yeah sends him off limping like iron man didn't stand a chance uh weapons as guardian warhammer mjolnir okay transportation the (laughs) i forgot about the odin ship he had a spaceship uh, also known as the Cosmocraft. Beautiful, beautiful name. <laughs> a spaceship crafted by Odin that can reach beyond the universe and the end of time. Uh, wow. 
seems unnecessarily powerful. The yeah, ship it comes from Odin, so of course. Fair. The ship is powered by the Odin force and is so powerful that no asteroid, no planet, or natural force can stop its progress. The only being able to halt its progress is Galactus. Thor was chosen by Odin to pilot the Odin ship to search for Galactus as penance for slipping into the warrior's madness. Oh, yeah, that's another random ability he gets sometimes is uh, basically berserker mode. Yeah. Basically, yeah, it's the berserker. He also has uh, Odin's eye. That's got to be awkward. Right. (laughs) A large oval screen installed in the Odin ship that guides Thor through the cosmos. Thor can command it uh, by thought and can reveal the secrets of the universe. Which is fitting since that's why Odin lost his eye was for that knowledge. I was about to say. God, I love that he has a spaceship. It's just the most most random thing. It feels very He-Man, doesn't it? It really does. Ooh, that's what we should do. <laughs> okay. Uh, well, that's kind of it for his stuff. And uh, there are a few weapons we left out, but like for the main kind of dude, Thor and that, Mjolnir. Uh, and that's that. the main thing he's always used. Yeah. Everything else kind of a secondary or if he doesn't have Mjolnir for whatever reason. Yeah. So let's get into other media. Go, Joker. So starting off for TV, he first appeared in the Marvel superhero show in 1966, uh, where 13 episodes centered on Thor. Uh, Thor's Donald Blake identity appeared in the 1980s Spider-Man. Uh, Thor appears in episodes of Spider-Man and his remaining friends in the 80s, the Fantastic Four, Incredible Hulk, and a cameo in the 90s X-Men cartoon. Uh, would appear in the Superhero Squad show in the 2000s. Thor would have most of his appearances in the 2010s with the Avengers uh, Earth's Mightiest Heroes, Ultimate Spider-Man, Avengers Assemble, Phineas and Ferb Mission Marvel, <laughs> Lego Marvel Superheroes Maximum Overload, Hulk and the Agents of Smash, Marvel Disc Wars The Avengers, Lego Marvel Superheroes Avengers Reassembled, and Lego Marvel Superheroes Guardians of the Galaxy The Thanos Threat. And then Chris Hemsworth would reprise his role in the Disney Plus uh, show What If. That was a good show. So he had a lot of cartoons there in the 2010s. Oh, God, yeah. So... In film, he had a he has a surprising amount because he does have um, so in 1990 after finishing filming of Darkman, Sam Raimi and Stan Lee pitched the concept of a Thor feature film to 20th Century Fox. However, they did not understand Raimi and Lee's idea, and the project was abandoned. Just kind of sad ah, that we could have Thor could have been up there with like the original Spider-Man movies. Yep. Uh, so Thor also appeared in the live-action TV film The Incredible Hulk Returns. Yeah! And then, obviously, the MCU Thor. Of course. Um, for animation fr- uh, films, he had, appears in both Ultimate Avenger movies, the next Avengers Hero of Tomorrow, Hulk vs. Thor, uh, Planet Hulk, Thor Tales of Asgard, Avengers Confidential Black Widow and Punisher, and Lego Marvel Superheroes Black Panther Trouble in Wakanda. And some of these titles are just way too long. All right, it's it's definitely one of those like like DC's definitely beating Marvel on the animated movies, and I feel as though the titles are the, probably the biggest point. Oh yeah, <laughs> DC's like just keep it short and sweet, and Marvel's just like explain everything that's happening in the title. Way too much. Uh, so he also has a very large uh, video game list. 
He Holy appears cow. in 30 various games, including Marvel vs. Capcom, yeah. uh, Clash of Superheroes, Marvel vs. Capcom 3, Fate of Two Worlds, Ultimate Marvel vs. Capcom, Marvel Ultimate Alliance 1 and 2, the Lego Super uh, Lego Marvel Superheroes, Disney Infinity Marvel Superheroes, Disney Infinity 3.0, and Marvel's Avengers. Holy cow. Yeah, those are just kind of like the, the bigger name games that he's in. Yeah, because I, I did notice, uh, yeah, because uh, Marvel Ultimate Alliance. But, yeah, over 30 games, I, I feel like you had to pick and choose what you were going to put in there. Yeah, that, that's with a lot of these bigger name characters, that's exactly what I do. It's like, here's the how many he's been in. Now we're going to name off some of the big ones. God, I love Capcom. <laughs> and then he also has a theater appearance and appears what? in the Marvel Universe live stage show. Ha, 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 ha. Oh, man, we got to go see that. <laughs> yes. This is actually not even our first one that's appeared in that either. No, we've had quite a few, yeah. actually. We've had a surprising amount, if we're being honest. Okay, folks, um, that's uh, that's our character, Thor. Uh, Joker, question for you in the audience I always got to ask. You a fan? Oh, definitely. Like, growing up as a kid, he was always one of my favorite Avengers. Now I'm also a little more biased with my own personal uh, beliefs, <laughs> but definitely always a fan. You know what? Uh, yeah, no, I've always been a big fan because I've always just loved the mythology type thing and like, yeah. you know, that stuff. Anyway, so Thor, seeing a myth- mythology type guy among like heroes and that always was a good, was a favorite pick of mine. And yeah, I'm a fan too. For anyone that's still listening, if you got something out of this, enjoyed the episode, or even liked the character before from a movie, comic, cartoon, hell, even that t-shirt that you saw one time, you're a fan too. If you want to jump on this train, why not subscribe and share with a friend? Dick Rail out. Y'all keep riding them rails.